Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. friends and welcome to the final podcast of the season. I always tell my clients to celebrate their wins, so I am doing the same. I am sending a virtual cheers of this is herbal tea to my podcast manager Samantha Olivares, who this would not happen without. All of my amazing guests throughout the season and of course you for being a part of this journey. I am so excited that we have gotten to the end of the first season and I'm not celebrating because it's over. I'm really celebrating because it was done. It is so satisfying to have an idea that you actually get to see come to life. And I'm thrilled you've joined me for this episode today because what we're going to do is really look across the episodes of this season. I've spent some time over the last few weeks just reflecting on the episodes and the guests that we've had listening to several of them again, and picking out those meta themes that go across the episodes. There are a few themes, some of them we'll get to in today's podcast, some of them we'll get to on my email group, but there are a few themes that go across the podcast that I think are really important for us to take note of. And so I've pulled out some of those, and we're going to talk about those today. And we're also going to pull in clips from guests as they talked about those particular themes that go across. So this is going to be awesome. Uh, Before the podcast end, I'm also going to tell you what we'll be doing and what I'll be doing over the break until we're back again. And I'm going to give you a special coupon code that you can use to do some of your holiday shopping. And I'm going to pray a blessing over us before we part. So all of that is in this episode. So thank you for joining. Before we jump into the themes, I want to ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you're on YouTube, push the plus sign to subscribe if you're on Apple, I think it's follow on Spotify, and then to rate and review the podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are coming back for a second season, which is amazing, and those subscribers, ratings, reviews really help us to do that. And at this point, we're basically BFFs. We've spent an entire season together We're here together wrapping it up. We might as well make it official. Um, So I want you to rate, review, and subscribe. And also the same thing for the book. I get such great feedback and encouragement from people about the book and how they're able to apply it to their lives. So if you've read the book, if you have the book, I would love a rating and review on Amazon because that also helps us to continue to you know publish the book to do some new programs related to it that we're coming out with next year and helps us just to continue the work that we're doing so go ahead and get that out of the way rate review subscribe write a review all those things and that helps us to continue and keep going into next season my goal in starting this podcast similar to the goal in writing the book was to help all of us really understand at a deep level the importance of work having purpose in our work and work satisfaction to our lives because work is such a central component of our lives. 
And, you know, in the Bible, you all know I'm a Christian in the Bible, work was created before the fall of Adam and Eve, meaning it's not only a punishment. Now, how hard it is to work sometimes and to, to make a living is part of the punishment, but work itself was God ordained before the fall. And it's through work sometimes, you know, while it might be challenging and difficult, it's through our work that we work out our salvation, that we find purpose, that we find meaning. It's often where we learn some of our toughest lessons. It's where I learned submission to authority. It's where I learned how to mind my words, you know, with other people. It's where I've matured a lot in my life. So work has a deep meaning in our lives. And I'm taking a coaching class right now. And one of the things they've been focused on is the connection between work satisfaction and so many outcomes in our life. You know, physical health, mental health, work satisfaction impacts all of these things, our physical health, our mental health, the relationships we have with other people. But one stat that stood out to me in the class this last week was that work satisfaction is also related to longevity and specifically our ability to find purpose in our work. And even more so for men, is literally related to how long we live, longevity, how long we are in this earth. So my mission and my urgency in this podcast, in the book, in this work is to help all of us understand how to love and enjoy the work we have, how to find meaning and purpose in the work we do. And once we do, that blessing will spill over onto other people. It'll spill over onto our families, our children, our friends, our coworkers, those we lead you know, just allows us to bless other people from the joy and meaning we find in our work, given again, work is what you will spend most time doing other than sleeping. And I was looking today, you know, on the kind of coaching business side, our business is a Nelver Talent Solutions. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook as well. But I have a, someone on our team, a dear friend of mine, Brett McIntyre, who does all of our marketing posts and they're amazing. And I was reading one today, which is the day we're recording, not the day you'll hear this, but I was reading one today and the quote says, success is attaining your dream while helping others to benefit from that dream materializing. And that is from Sugar Ray Leonard. And I think that's a lot of what this podcast is about. It's about us attaining the God-given dreams we've been given, our goals, and then the blessing of that benefiting and spilling over onto other people. You know, my foundational scripture for this book, this podcast, this side of my business is from John 10, 10 in the Bible. And it says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I came, meaning Jesus Christ came so that they would have life and they would have it abundantly. And so my calling in this is to help all of us live the abundant life Christ died to give us. So I thank you for joining. I want to stay connected while we're away preparing for the next season. So in the show notes, you'll also see a way to subscribe to my email group. Through that email group, when you sign up, you'll initially get the first chapter of my book for free. You get a guide that helps you optimize your LinkedIn profile. There's also a guide that helps you get your resume together. And then we'll stay connected over the next several months. Um, I'll send out more lessons that I've picked up from the podcast. Sometimes it's inspirational messages. Sometimes it's freebies, all different kinds of things um, just to help us stay connected until we're back together in season two, which I can't wait for. But with that, I wanted to jump into these themes, these meta themes I heard across the episodes, because I think they're central and critical for us to understand and be able to apply to our work and life. And the first one I heard 
is really about how we help others. I know for a lot of us, you know, we feel called to help other people, whether that's in our work, our personal lives, our family, or friends, et cetera. And one of the messages I heard was to help other people. One way we can do that is to intervene less. And what I mean by that, many of us, and I can certainly speak for myself and say, I, sometimes in that wiring to help, the desire to help, sometimes what we're doing is we're trying to eliminate consequences from people. We're trying to eliminate challenge and struggle from their lives. And sometimes that is help. Sometimes that may be control. And in all of that, several of the guests said that intervening less, allowing people, whether that's our children, people that work on our teams, to experience challenge and struggle is a central part of growth and maturity. And I knew that message was for me, and I'm sure it's for other people as well, uh, that this kind of goal of saving people from challenging circumstances is, is not the right goal to have. And one of the questions I asked several people who work with, you know, I work asked several people who work with elementary students, middle school students, college students, and, you know, people that hire, leaders that are hiring people. And consistently, their response was don't intervene all the time. Allow people to have age appropriate, you know, um, experience appropriate challenges and struggles, because in that challenge and struggle, is where you learn. It's where you learn how to overcome. It's often where you learn where many of your strengths are and also where many of your weaknesses are. And I can think back on my own life and think about how many lessons I learned in times of challenge and struggle. So we're going to hear some clips from some people and you'll hear something from Dr. Jen Chevins in her advice to parents of college students and even how she lives her life. You'll hear it from Millicent Dixon in her work with middle school students. And you'll hear it from Trey Boone in how he talks about how he works with his team and some of the advice he gives to his team. So regardless of age, this willingness to allow others to experience challenge and struggle is important. Let's listen in. You see a lot of our college students. What piece of advice would you give to parents of, of college students? Yeah. Whenever someone asks me what, what uh, piece of advice I give people, my piece of advice is usually don't listen to advice from other people. Like, <laughs> make your own way. Um, but I think that one of the things, it goes back to my strong interest in failure. I think that one piece of advice I would give is to let your children, your students, have low-cost, age-appropriate failures. Hmm. You know, kind of like, throughout, like, I think sometimes we think we're saving them from some pain by stepping in. And sometimes we have to step in because sometimes they need adults to step in for them. Yeah. But if it's a low cost failure, like letting that stand and letting them kind of feel that and recognize it's not the end of the world. I think they get afraid that it will be the end of the world and they don't have any experience to suggest otherwise. Um, I would highly recommend parents stop crazy monitoring their, their kids' grades and think about their learning. Um, just because a class that a child gets a C in, that might be a good class that they're working hard. Um, straight A's are not always an indicator of good learning. So, you know, try not to be so grade focused and be learning focused and really think about, you know, what's the end game? Why am I doing what I'm doing? The kids that really work for grades only instead of knowledge um, tend to have a harder time when they get to a higher education. Mm -hmm. I can see that because it's harder to get them. So if you have yeah, well, everybody has a 4.3 or whatever at your school. So, you know, um, it's not about the grade. You're, you're one of many and 
did you learn it or did you do it to get the grade and don't remember anything? Mm, so yeah. it's the skills, you know? Yeah, that's something we as parents can definitely, that's great advice because it's really easy to get caught up in grades, like specifically yeah, especially grades. in middle school. Let your kids get a bad grade and suffer the consequences so they know how to dig themselves out of it. Don't go in there and try to fix everything. Talk to the teacher about what happened, how can they change it, what do they need to do, what skills. And, and look at that, but especially when they're at the middle school level, they, they need to fail. They need to have academic struggle. If they don't have any academic struggle until they get to college, yeah, ooh, that's going to be surprising for them. Yeah. yeah. And they may, maybe they don't know how to approach it. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I see absolutely. Um, just in all your experiences, how have you seen self-leadership maybe either help someone's career or get in the way of someone from their, from a career standpoint? Like, how have you seen this make a difference um, for people? You know, I, I think, Arlene, if you're able to lead yourself, one of the things that you're really doing is sort of creating the right mindset and you're having an, an open mindset and you're willing to realize that, you know, you are learning, you're going to make mistakes. You know, we, we talk about all the time the, the, the concept that, if you're not making mistakes, you're not working on things hard enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've told this to my team when I was in the corporate and to my team now is like, I don't really care if you make mistakes. Okay. What I don't want you to do is just repeat the same mistake over and over. I want you to learn from that. And so I think when, when you are managing yourself and when you can learn from that and realize, wow, I was rushing. I was, I thought, you know, it was so important to get this done. I wanted to be perceived as, wow, you're, you're so quick and you learn from that, that that's going to help you grow. And I will tell you, I don't have a client that doesn't want those type of employees. They want them and they will continue to grow. So if you fail at something one time and you're done with it, then that wasn't something that was going to sustain you. And in terms of a career for a long period, because we all have failure built into what we're doing. I went through a phase, I'm over it now, but where I was asking people at parties what their favorite failure was. Yeah. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which oh as God. you can imagine, made me quite popular. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, all the rage. <laughs> but I think that it's just something that we have, you know, gotten to a point where we think success means a lack of failure. And I really think there's this kind of persistence piece that we're missing out on when we define success in that way. And Mm. I think it keeps people from trying new things, right? So when you pivoted in your career, if you had been afraid of failure, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you are now. You wouldn't have written the book. You wouldn't have started your own company. You know, Mm -hmm. the people who do things that bring them purpose and meaning in their work have to tolerate the possibility that they're going to have some failure along the way. I love our guests. They give such amazing advice and things to consider. And one thing I've often thought about in this area is comes from a friend of mine, Daphne. We were in a leadership class together and she shared that one of the things her grandmother had always told her was that the best lessons are bought lessons, meaning you paid for them. (laughs) And I've found that to be true in my own life. You know, I think about some of my toughest lessons that I really paid for where I learned a lot. You know, you send an email to the wrong person it'll make you more vigilant and careful about sending your emails. 
you freak out over something that happens and then realize you had a complete overreaction, that's a lesson I've learned. So we want to be comfortable in one, we're all going to have our own failures and learn our own lessons and allowing other people to learn theirs as well. So that was the first theme that I picked up from across these episodes. Another theme I heard related to that is, you know, we're not going to intervene. So what should we do? Uh, How can we do it differently? You know, if we're not intervening, what are we doing? And what I heard from our guests is we are being good listeners for other people. We're being empathetic, you know, understanding the situation they're in. And we're being a good role model of how to operate in difficult circumstances. I was watching a show a few weeks ago. It's called Black Love. It's a documentary and it follows different couples throughout their love journey. And one of the things, there was one couple on there. I wish I could remember her name, but uh, one of the couples on there, she said that she had often heard in marriage, you know, you had to do the work and there was a lot of work to marriage. And she said, but no one ever said what the work was. And so when she got married, she was wondering, what is the work of marriage? What you could also say is, what is the work of relationships? And after about, she was reflecting on it two or three years later, after having been married for two or three years. And she said, she realized the work of marriage is maturing yourself. It is showing up in a relationship with enough maturity so that you can do things like pick your battles. You can do things like mind your own words. Um, You can be a good listener. You can be easily, you know, someone who can forgive quickly and easily, both themselves and other people. It is this work of maturity. And that's what I heard from our guest as well, which is, no, we're not intervening in other people's lives. The things we're doing instead are we're listening, we're being empathetic, and we're being really good role models, meaning we're focusing on our own maturity so that we can show up as a good role model for other people. So first lesson, intervene less, allow challenge, struggle, and failure at the right level, you know, for someone's age and experience. And instead of intervening, be a good listener, be really empathetic, help people learn their own lessons and be a good role model for what it looks like to move through adversity. Those are the things that we can do. So that was lesson one. The next theme I heard across the episodes and I wanted to explore is we each have to decide what success means to us. How do we live a life in a way that is aligned with our values and the way we most want to show up? And one of the themes I heard, we'll talk about two in this category, but one is that the world's definition of success, which often may be money or job titles, you know, fame or notoriety, that may or may not be your definition. And several people had stories of, either themselves or others, kind of going after this world's definition of success, achieving it, and then realizing, you know, I'm still not satisfied, that I'm still not happy, because that's not my definition of success. So we were challenged across these episodes to define success for ourselves. So let's listen in to Dr. DePauli Palta, who is a woman leader in STEM, uh, Dr. Brian Crew, who is a career change management and life coach, And also something I said in one of the episodes about building your business. So let's listen in. What else would you say, just any general career tips for success for people in STEM, women in STEM, like just what would be Depali's kind of tips for success as you think about a career in STEM? I might just take a step back and have people think about what success means to them. Mm. Because it might mean different things to different people. 
And quite frankly, it kind of needs a reevaluation about every year and saying, I'm in this job now, I'm in this life stage now, the success still means the same thing it meant to me last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might help. Um, just kind of recalibrating our own expectations because sometimes we just carry on the same notion that we think we should. And oftentimes it's the default one where it's success to me is climbing the corporate ladder as fast as I can and as quickly as I can in relation to the peers that that joined with me. Mm -hmm. And that's success to me. And that's my ambition. Uh, Could be great. This is not how I am married. (laughs) For me, it's about delivering value in the role I've been given or the role I've chosen for myself. It comes both ways. Yeah. Sometimes you raise the hand and sometimes organizations say, this is what we need you to do. Finding ways to find joy in the role that I have mm-hmm. and the value I deliver in it. And quite frankly, if I can find ways to deliver value for the organization, I will find joy. It's a consequence of mm-hmm. feeling valuable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Since I've been coaching, the one thing I have been noticing, or one of the things I've been noticing is that so many people are in, uh, on the fast track to the top. And they really don't stop and ask themselves, and where am I going and why am I going here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is this what I want? And they don't really figure out whether it's their ideal job, right? They just start um, moving up and trying to impress so they can go to the next job and so they can get a bonus and so they can get a high rating so they can be marketable. Yeah. And I'm like, marketable for what? For the sake of what? Why are you staying late for a job that you don't necessarily love right now so you can get another job that's going to give you more of what you don't necessarily love right now? <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if you got a job that you love? <laughs> what if you got a job that's ideal of your dream job? And so like, I even think of it this way. So like, if it's a continuum, at one end is the job my, my the job I dread and the other one is the job I dream about. Mm-hmm. Are you moving to that, the higher end of the dream about continuum? And mm-hmm. I don't know if like most people are mindful of that. They're chasing dollars, they're chasing prestige. And maybe prestige and dollars are a part of that job. But so many people I feel, I've meet and I'm coaching, they're like 40, 45, even 35. Um, and they're like, you know what? I hate this job. <laughs> I, feel, I feel trapped. And there's so many reasons they feel trapped. I feel like I feel trapped. I, I got a mortgage now. That mm-hmm. I can't go down to what I loved three jobs ago because now I can't afford my house or my spouse is, uh, quit their job now yep. because I make so much money or I got to pay for so-and-so's college or my parents are depending on me. And mm-hmm. you let them get in these positions around you where you could afford to, to help them and you know you realize I don't want to afford this anymore I hate this job so I really want to empower people to um be prepared to get their dream job and so that's why I wanted to talk about this because I just think uh let's get to you before you're 45 and you're regretting the last 25 years <laughs> right I think even the scale you talked about is a really good place to start which is between dread and dream like dread I literally wake up And I, you know, I never had a job that was like that for a long period of time, but I've had it for short periods of time where it's like, I wake up and you're thinking, oh my God, (laughs) the last thing I want to do is go in here and do this job and see these people kind of dread to dream, like figuring out honestly where you are on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then I love what you're saying. Like, how do I just move towards, you know, my dream job, even if it's not going from A to Z. It's like, how do I just move towards it at least? Yeah. Cause even a step towards it can really change kind of how you live. So I'd met with a business advisor kind of my first year, probably my first year in business. And one thing he recommended was have a work on the business day regularly. 
meaning you're not doing the work, you know, you're not returning calls to clients or customers, et cetera. You're literally getting at a macro level to look down on your business almost from a, a separate, you know, a little separation as though you're just evaluating it to say, is the business delivering what I want? Is it working in a way that I'm pleased about um, and have those days regularly? And so I pretty much have had them quarterly until this year, actually. And so this year doing this preparation also reminded me, I got to get back to that, but have a quarterly day where you're just once a quarter working on the business. I'd say at least once a quarter. Sometimes I did it every other month, depending on what was going on. And, you know, I'd use those days for lots of things. I'd look back at the business plan to see if I'm on track or I'm not. I might use it to learn new things. You know, the book I mentioned, E-Myth, I actually read that, E-Myth. I read it during one of those kind of days when I was just focused on the business. I've used it to drive to lakes, just to sit by the lake and think about my business and my life and are they well, you know, aligned in terms of what I'm looking for. So write it down, be super clear and honest about what's important to you, you know, it's your business. So be honest about what's important to you and then revisit it often. You know, in alignment with those messages, the other thing we heard is living life in alignment with your values and your faith. That's another definition of success. So I also want to play a couple of clips from Dr. Laura Eigel, who has a book, Values First. And she talks about the importance of living life in alignment with your values. And Dr. Kenneth Chapman, who is a pastor and professor, and talks about how to live life in alignment with your faith. So let's listen into them as well. And I think that's why like this idea of knowing your values is so important, right? Mm -hmm. It's because it gives you that language to use. Mm -hmm. Like it helps you pay attention. It gives you something to ground yourself in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, in times when, like you said, like this idea of the culture, like if there's a match, if there's not a match, like there's all this, um, especially now with like, was you think about the great resignation and all the things that we've learned through pandemic, right? A values kind of give you a language to use. And it, it feels like it makes it just makes it more approachable in a way to say, Hey, this is the thing that's misaligned. This is the thing that, that doesn't feel right. Or conversely, you know, what a fun day at work. Like I am, I am so fulfilled. Why is that? Oh, well, maybe it's because I'm, I'm, I'm able to live authentically and I'm living with my values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see how the language would bring clarity because it's almost like you probably know your values deep down, but if someone were to say, what are your values? <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. that everyone could immediately answer that because you haven't really yeah. clarified it to your point. Yeah. You haven't put the language around it. It's, yeah. it's hard to say, oh, it's one, two, three, four, five, you know, or something. Yes, I completely agree. And what I will find, what you find is that you hear, if, if you just say, oh, what are they? I will tell you, you do know what they are. Absolutely. But you might not have the words for them. Mm-hmm. And what I hear a lot often is, you know, oh, honesty, integrity. And they're just like kind of throwing them out there. Like, right. Yeah. That's um, family like that. Everybody. I was say just that about one, to right? say something um, like faith, family, and you love, know, fun yeah. or so love. Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's on such a high level. It's probably, right. it's indicative of what you care about, but it's probably not detailed enough for you to actually go make decisions around it. I'm guessing. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so this idea of, of then to be able to, to get it, to articulate it 
it's not just important to be able to tell others. I'd say the most important thing is to to be able to do it for yourself. Um, and I think those real moments create. Uh, I think that's faith development on one end, but also kind of the workspace corporate employee development as well too. Because you're at a juncture. What do I choose? Yeah. Do I you know just put this away uh, and code switch and hide it, or do I live it out? Because then it creates that conflict internally. You know, when I was in corporate, you know, there was always meetings Wednesday evenings. Uh, and when you travel, unless you're catching a red eye back, then, you know, Sunday you're traveling, right? And so I had to schedule my travel around certain days uh, because I wanted to be at Bible study on Wednesday. I wanted to be in Sunday morning service. There are times it didn't work out, but, you know, the travel department didn't understand why you were paying extra to catch the red eye back for to be at church. And I'm like, well, it's a, it's a faith thing for me. And so when we had that conversation, you know, they understood it. Um, but it was just, again, and this was early on when conversations around inclusion and supporting identities was early on, but it was kind of like, I'm costing the company a little bit of extra money for a, a different flight to get back, but this is, this is who I am. And so there were times when I denied who I was yeah. to be in the corporate space. But then as time went on, you know, I made that decision. So I figured out a, a pathway. So conferences, mm -hmm. if it runs through a Sunday, if it's a Sunday that I can miss, great. But if not, I try to work around that Wednesdays. And so it's it's a, it's more active control of the schedule and active conversation in that awkward moment. You know, do I blend? Do I, you know, converge into who I really am or do I not and just wait for the next awkward moment? So I, I definitely agree that those moments present themselves, you know, and, you know, one that I had often and still do to this day. And so is, you know, students that I work with now, uh, colleagues, faculty, individuals who lose a loved one and who will share with me that. And so in, in my faith, it's like, and as a pastor, it's like, well, can I pray with you? You know, can I encourage you? Is it okay to send you a scripture? I don't know their faith. I don't know, you know, you know, if it's appropriate. And so my strategy now is, um, Hey, I'm a person of faith. Uh, I'm a pastor. Do you mind if I pray with you? And that opens the door. If it's no, I'm great. But at least I was responsible with my faith in that moment, mm. in that space to where it opened the door. And if not, then we move on. But if so, then I was able to kind of integrate and, and live it out. So one challenge I think our guests were putting to us is to define what success means to us and then define how we want to live our lives. What are our values? What's our foundation? What's our spiritual foundation? And how do we align our choices, our behaviors, even our personality to align with what that is? And so I have been taking that challenge all year. I hope you have as well. And if you haven't used some of this time over this break to define those things for yourself, and when we come back next season, we can talk about how do you start putting some of those into action. The last theme I wanted to explore for today is ask for what you want and need. You know, we often live really isolated lives and focus a lot on trying to be self-sufficient. You know, I can do it for myself. It's all on me. And you know, to a certain extent, that's great. It's good to do what you can for yourself, right? As much as you can for yourself, absolutely, we should be doing that. But there are often things that we need or want or that will just turn out better in community in connection with other people. And so one theme I heard from several of our guests was that we have to have the courage, the vulnerability to ask for what we need and want. We heard that from Millicent Dixon as she talked about getting jobs overseas. We heard that from Dr. DePauli Palta as she talked about 
how she learned to build this business understanding from her technical foundation. And we heard it from two people that you're going to hear from now. One was Alicia Harper, as she discussed how she managed her work and life and asked for what she needed to do that. And we also heard it from Jeff Johnson as a word of wisdom that he lives by. So let's listen in. So I'm curious, like what has been like the idea of working part-time, you know, as a working parent, like what's been good about that for you? Or what do you think has been most challenging about that for you? Um, as some people consider that more often now. Yeah. So I worked full-time until I had kids. And then I took a three-year maternity leave with my first one yeah. <laughs> um, and then came back for a year or two and then had my second child and was just really enjoying working a little bit. Like I wanted the adult interaction and the pat on the back a little bit and, and helping people, but I also felt like it was important for me to be home. And I was lucky enough with my husband's job, we were financially stable enough for me to only work part-time. Mm-hmm. And I worked with my boss. I was really honest with him about what I wanted to do. I mean, at one point I was coming in Tuesday and Thursdays, nine to 12, and he still let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, just come in and do it. And then slowly as my children got older and started full-time school, I was able to work more and more hours to where I am now, where I come in in the morning and I leave every day around 2.30 and I pick them up from school and do activities and stuff. So that's been positive. I mean, I could not have asked for a better, for me and my situation, a flexible part-time job for me to do what I want. And what is one, a word of wisdom or piece of advice that you live by? I'd say you're one or two people away from getting anything you want or need, but Mm. you just need to know who they are and what to ask them. Mm. I put that in a song years ago. It came out of me in a random way. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. (laughs) Let me make a note. But I think it's, I think there are people around us everywhere and they have some insight that we don't have. And if, mm-hmm. if, if you're one or two people in that circle or somebody you haven't even met yet, you know, there's probably something that you need or you want that helps you see the world a little differently, but you got to know what to ask them and, and who they are. Mm, I love that. That's, that's a challenge to try. Yeah. If you, if it's something you need insight, you're searching for, you know, start asking for it. I could see that. I could see that. I love that. So as Jeff said, I challenge all of us to ask for what we want or need. We are living lives with other people in community for a reason. And part of that is because we have things they need and they have things that we need. So we should challenge ourselves to be more vulnerable and to operate in more courage and to ask for what we need. So those are the themes I wanted to cover for today. I heard so many other themes and I'm going to share some of those in my email group because they're really good lessons that I think we want to make sure we explore. So again, if you're not in my email group, definitely check the show notes and join because I want to be able to connect with you about that. And, you know, after this episode, we're going on break. So while I'm on break, I'm planning to do a few things and I hope you'll do some of these as well as we're getting towards the end of the year. I'll be planning for the second season. So if you have ideas, guest recommendations, you know, topic ideas, or you think you'd be a great guest yourself, let me know. You can find me on Instagram. I actually respond to all of my messages. Well, all of my legitimate messages, <laughs> any legit message I, re- I generally respond to. I try to respond to even all the comments, um, or at least I definitely do read them all. So if you have ideas or suggestions for next season, I would love to hear them. Um, the other thing I'm going to be doing over this break is I just tamp down a lot between kind of Thanksgiving and early January. 
And I do that for a few reasons. I'll still have some client meetings and things like that, but not nearly as many. And I do that so that I can plan for the new year, you know, really take heed of what I've learned in my life, in my business, how life has changed and plan for those changes in the new year. I rework my calendar every year during that time, you know, uh, and it's, it's a lot of things like I'd block time for the podcast this year, but I need to do it a little differently next year. This year I was doing it more just in time, meaning you all were hearing the episodes not long after they were recorded which created some urgency in the recording process, which I would like to get rid of. So I'm going to do more, you know, kind of batch recording, doing a lot more episodes at a time and then releasing them at a certain schedule. So I'm kind of doing my podcast schedule differently. I have some new business ideas I want to explore. I'm offering some new things to my clients that I want to get done. So, you know, there's just a planning that I'll do for the new year and how I need to refocus my time in the new year. I also use this time from Thanksgiving to New Year to just spend more time with family and friends. You know, there's times to connect over Thanksgiving or Christmas or the New Year and just other times in between. So I try to use it to just be in intentional and really present in the time I get to reconnect with family and friends, enjoy the holidays, put up my Christmas tree and decorations. Um, I get more time to pray and read the Bible And just do things without such a time crunch on them because I've opened up my calendar to have more time. So even like working out and walking where it's like, you know, during the year, it's like, oh, I need to get it done in this hour. Holidays and between now and, you know, end of November, rather Thanksgiving and early new year, you know, if I spend a little more time here or there, it just doesn't have as much of an impact. So it just gives me some more freedom to breathe and to rest you know, wake up a little later some days, stay up a little later some days, just rest in general. So that's what I'll be doing over the break. I hope you'll be doing some of the same. I hope you take some time between now and the end of the year, definitely to think about this year, the good and the bad, the lessons learned, the wins, you know, what you're taking from that into the next year, what you want to take with you, maybe what you want to leave behind, what changes you want to make so that you can go into the new year intentionally. Um, And if one of those things is you wanna love your work more, then we'll have some tools coming next year to help you do that. Uh, But in the meantime, you have the book, you can re-listen to these podcasts and start creating a plan around that as well. Because again, work is central to your life. So you want it to be something you find meaning and purpose in. And if you don't, you wanna figure out how to do that. So I am so appreciative of you, all my guests, my podcast manager in contributing to this first season. Um, I'm just so thankful for you, you know, and if you didn't know, I have a t-shirt and sweatshirt collection. I wear most of them in, in most of the episodes. I generally have one on this one says loving my job, enjoying my life. And I think of most of them, not all of them, but most of them can be conversation starters or calling cards you know, not everyone thinks of job and love in the same phrase. (laughs) So sometimes you might wear and someone's like, oh, loving your job. What do you do? And that can start a conversation about work and purpose and meaning. And even the work that you do, if you're a business owner or you're um, someone in the sales profession, start a conversation about the work that you do. I also think of these t-shirts and sweatshirts as good gifts for people whose work we appreciate. It might be teachers, crossing guards, Um, your manager, you know, your mail carrier, just people whose work you appreciate. I think it's another great gift for them. So for all of my podcast listeners, you can use a coupon code. The code is 
podcast, all capitals, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and it'll save you 10% on all of our t-shirts until November 7th. So you can get some early holiday Christmas shopping done. So the code is podcast, all capital letters. You can save 10% between now and November 7th. So I hope you take advantage of that. It's been such a joy. I'm thankful for everyone. Oh, you know, thank you so much too for your encouragement. People have been so encouraging, giving me so many positive comments, um, the ratings, the reviews, and just people who reach out to say it helped them in some way in their work journey. I appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And, you know, I love you. I'm praying for you. And before we leave, I just want to pray a prayer over all of us. I'm praying God's blessings over you. I pray for his favor over you, over your life, your work, and everyone you're connected to. And I love this verse from Numbers chapter 6, 24 through 26. And it says, and I pray this over all of us, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I am praying blessings on you, my friends. And until next season, be well. If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where just for joining, you will receive a checklist for getting your LinkedIn profile in top shape and a link to the first chapter of my book. Click join the crew in the show notes. I also invite you to visit my website where you can shop our t-shirt collection designed to help you fulfill your purpose, love your work, and enjoy your life. I have them all, wear one almost every episode, and know you will love them. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey. Let's go.